0: listening to Chaos on the Set, a chaotic TV and film review podcast. You have two of your usual hosts on with you today. I'm Shruti. I'm Mike. And we have another very special guest joining us today because today we are covering season one of Lost and both Mike and our special guest who I'll introduce in a second are watching Lost for the first time. So my oldest sister Priya, who I've been begging to watch Lost for about since 2019, which is when I started Lost, uh, is finally watching for the first time, has started season one, and has agreed
1: to coming on the podcast to discuss. How's it going? It's going great. It was a race to the wire to finish all the Lost episodes on time, but I'm very excited to discuss.
0: Um, Mike, you are also watching for the first time. What inspired you to start watching Lost in 2023? I know.
2: You know what? I actually... I don't know, to be honest, like why one day I just decided to start Lost. It, m- it may have truly been because I was just like scrolling through Hulu and I saw it and I was like, you know what, let me watch this. That or I probably saw a tweet about Lost. That's, that's how I end up watching a lot of things. Like I'll see a tweet about some classic movie and I'll just turn it on and, and watch it. But I owe a lot of credit to Lost. Other than enjoying actually watching it, it has gotten me back into watching TV series. Um, I mean, I'm still a huge movie fan, and it consumes a lot of my time. But since I started watching Lost, I've been motivated to dive into other series as well some current some not as current um have
0: you watched other network shows like old 2000s network shows
2: um not particularly okay
0: just curious if we have any lost i do
2: no i do love that era of sitcom though so i have watched a lot of 2000s the
0: golden age of nbc comedies yeah truly um well we'll get more into what y'all knew about lost going into it and how uh y'all have been adapting to Lost this far, but I just want to start off by giving my own personal Lost origin story because Lost is so personally important to me. It is a little weird considering how I literally did not start it until 2019. I started watching Lost basically right after Game of Thrones ended because there's a podcast I listened to called Storm of Spoilers, which is a Game of Thrones podcast, that when it ended, they're like, you know, Game of Thrones ended badly. Everyone says Lost ended badly. Let's analyze that. And they decided to cover Lost one episode a week to discuss both the finale, but to discuss the show at large. Um, And so I followed along with them starting in 2019. One episode a week for two and a half years is how I watched Lost for the first time instead of binging it. Um, And I really felt like that was just the best way to watch it because I got to theorize on a week-to-week basis, there are other people watching it for the first time, including my twin sister, including other people who were listening to the podcast. And it really built a bit of a community. I mean, shortly after we started the podcast, there was a global pandemic. And so what did I do with all of my time is start theorizing about Lost and making betting series about what's going to happen next in Lost. And I think the fact that I started Lost right after graduation, like after college graduation, and it was a constant with me, for those two and a half years, it almost felt like when Lost ended, I was almost going through my own version of graduation because I was finally getting to the other side of the show that had held my hand throughout my post-grad. And not just that, but like, there are so many other shows, I feel like, that are colored by Lost and affected by Lost, and any time I could listen to commentary on that show, if there was a Lost spoiler in it, I couldn't listen to it. So I almost feel like my life is now divided into a pre-Lost era and a post-Lost era because, like for example, Loki was coming out in... The summer of 2020, summer of 2021, something like that. And the Lost podcaster I listened to wrote an article about Loki and mentioned Lost. And luckily, because she was the podcaster, she didn't put any Lost spoilers in there. But like, it was something I had to be on high alert for because I hadn't been spoiled on Lost. Um, anyway, I'm rambling a lot, but I said I'll say that Lost really did, really meant a lot to me. I loved theorizing about it, and now I'm going to force you guys. I think the best way to consume Lost is via podcast uh because it's how I did it and now I'm forcing (laughs) y'all to do the same way. So how is your Lost Via podcast journey going?
1: You know, it's so interesting. I'm curious to hear, Mike, as a as a first time watcher, what you think of this. But the first thing that Truthy said is also the main thing that I know about Lost, which is that people hated the ending. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the ending is. But I remember hearing that everyone was really disappointed with how Lost ended. And I actually think that knowing that while starting Lost helps me because that's where my expectation is set. Like, I'm watching Lost episode to episode, excited for the stories and the characters. And I think that... I probably will not have this huge buildup, this huge expectation for all of the mysteries to come together at the end because I know this going into it.
2: Yeah, definitely. When you're watching a show so many years later, um, and in my experience, and I'm assuming yours, also binging it to a certain extent as opposed to what Shruti was describing, really watching... Week by week appointment viewing, it it does seem to just, and I would say this really goes for almost any show. I do think it it sort of takes a little of the edge off when it comes to surprises and twists and things like that. Especially because like when you're hopping right into the next episode, you you don't even like fully process it. You just go one to the next. Um, but my journey is kind of interesting because. I have some familiarity with Lost. I've just never sat down and watched it in full, but my parents watched it and I've definitely seen plenty of of episodes, especially later episodes. Like I feel like I have almost these visions in my mind that
0: at <laughs> one point
2: I'm going to like get
0: Are you Walt having visions? I'm dude, I'm going to get I'm going to
2: get to an episode and I'm going to be like, "Oh, I remember that now. It's like all going to come back to me like <laughs> like, like déjà vu, but even, like, jumping right in, I could name you all of the main characters. Like, if you showed me a picture of Jack, Hurley, John Locke, Said, I, I knew all their names before even starting to watch the show. Um, so, yeah, I'm really interested to see where it goes from here. Like, they do a lot of legwork, I think, in Season 1 of laying the foundation. You know, there's... It's, I, I would argue, based on my expectations of what I think this show is going to turn into, season one almost feels a bit subdued to a certain extent yeah. because it doesn't get too deep into the mystery just yet, right? I mean, there's a few things. There's the hatch and the others and the weird smoke monster thing, but season one really plays out like just... Sociology experiment, like, survival challenge in the woods, really.
0: And, and a part of that is because when Lost was first piloting on ABC, the network was very, every single mystery needs to have a scientific revolution, uh, resolution to it. So, for example, the polar bear, they have, like, they have something in their back pocket, there's a scientific reason that Polar Bear is on the island. I don't think you guys know it yet. I forget kind of when things get revealed. We don't. But I'm not saying that's what they go with, but I'm saying everything that has been baked into season one, the network was like, you need to have an answer for this before you introduce it or else. Uh, They were very nervous about the mystery elements to it, but I think Lost kind of found its footing as it went. Um, And I think it's so impressive that the first season, I don't, I was thinking about Lost this morning and I I feel like people will get mad at me for saying this and maybe I'm forgetting something, but I cannot think of a stronger first season of a show that has more than twenty-two episodes. The fact that they have twenty-five episodes in the season and both of that all of them are still pretty engaging. Even on Rewatch, when you know the mystery resolution, especially those backstories where you're like, okay, I get it, Charlie's addicted to drugs. The fact that it's still gripping, I think, is a testament to those creators.
1: To me, season one of Lost really has a character on the island, sociology aspect, like Mike was saying, Um, really character-focused, relationship-focused, and then there's this mystery box kind of sci-fi fantasy element. And to me, during season one, the characters and the relationships were a lot more compelling. And I don't know whether that's because I have this in the back of my mind that the mysteries are not all wrapped up in a compelling, satisfying way. Um, but so far, I'm really, really drawn in by the characters and their relationships to each other. And the mysteries feel like, honestly, something I could take or leave. Interesting.
2: Yeah. It's, well, it's really funny, even just you mentioned how compelling the characters are, because I feel like part of the discourse. About lost in the characters, like a prime example, I feel like people used to say, "Are you, are you like Team Jack or, or Team Sawyer?" Right, like those are two very strong male leads that people typically identify with. It almost reminds me of like Friday Night Lights, like are you Sarensen or, or Riggins? And I see a lot of Tom, uh, a lot of Sawyer in in the Riggins character, but it's funny because like when I'm watching it. And it, it starts off, and I'm like, how is anybody Team Sawyer? You know, I'm like, Jack is is the guy. But even just in, in one season, and I know we'll talk about later, like, our thoughts on how the characters changed and transformed. But to go along with the journey and have these specific episodes that are interspersed with flashbacks and you get little pieces of the puzzle, Um is what I think makes you come back for for more.
0: Should we jump into those questions? That, sure. Yeah, yeah okay. let's so do it. We have a series of questions that I'm going to ask Priya and Mike. Uh, I may answer them myself, but I promise not to include any spoilers. And just as a caveat for the whole podcast, at least this section of the podcast, there will be no spoilers beyond the season one finale. And going forward, we'll be covering the show season by season so we'll give you more accurate dates kind of when we get more of an understanding of when the season two and three etc podcasts are coming out but just so you know while you're listening we may have a section at the end where i talk to somebody who's seen the show before about season one from a more global view but right now if all of you've seen a season one you're safe you're not going to get spoiled here trust me i'm the most spoiler phobic in the person in the world i made it to 2022 without being spoiled on lost that's how you know You're safe with me. All right, let's get into the questions. The first question I had for y'all is just, who is your favorite and least favorite character? You know, there's such a huge ensemble here. I think that, like, big ensemble shows are kind of something that we're losing when we're losing the big network 22-episode model. Uh, But I think it's a feat for how many characters get introduced in this show um, and how strong they are right off the front. So who did y'all really like and who did y'all really not like by the end? And in addition to that, which character... Would you say your opinion on changed the most from meeting them at the beginning of the season to the end? So you can answer one, two, or all three of those questions. All right. And I'm
2: I'm going to give you multiple answers okay. for each question as well. Um, I'll start my favorite character just purely based on like, likeability is Hurley. I'm a big Hurley fan.
0: For a second, I got so scared you were going to say Jack and I was going to be like, we're going to have to end the podcast. No,
2: no. <laughs> no i'm a big i'm a big hurley fan um but the character that i guess is my favorite based on how interesting i think they are is john locke um so i would say those are my favorites i also love sun i mean sun is great how can you not like sun um least favorite i guess you can't count him too much because he's dead now but ethan gave me the fucking heebie jeebies just looking at him
1: (laughs) I thought you were going to say no, boo. And I was going to no. get sick. No. I remember I texted
2: Shruti. I think. I was like I was like this Ethan dude's fucking freaking me out right now.
1: <laughs> Tom Cruise's cousin. Yes. Oh. Map yeah. other. Last name, weird. yeah.
2: Um
0: I mean they Tom Cruise also kind of does have a creepy vibe so yeah. that tracks.
2: Um but it's weird because Ethan kind of looks like John Locke. I think. Like mm. John Locke, like John Locke is, is oh, I bald and in the same face, same eyes. Do
0: you think they could be related?
2: I do think they could be related. That's one of my conspiracies. Whoa. Um, because I think I think John Locke is from the island. Ooh. Um, another conspiracy. Okay, um, but we
1: saw him on the plane. Anyway, we'll get back to that.
2: Oh yeah. He was yeah, he came from the island and got on the plane and brought them all to the okay. island. That's okay. my theory. Okay. Um also, Shannon. I know Shannon does come around, but early season one, Shannon sucks.
1: Shannon's rough. Shannon's yeah. rough.
2: Yeah, and then and then, I don't know. Rousseau. I just get a you don't off... like
1: Rousseau? Let's talk about Rousseau. I'm excited. I get, a, I don't I get like an Rousseau off vibe either.
2: from her. Yeah, I mean, I understand she's kind of lost her mind out there, yeah. but
1: I I think okay. So when we meet. Rousseau. So Rousseau really didn't work for me in the episode that we met her. And so we
0: meet her in Saeed's epi- first flashback episode uh, mm-hmm. where Saeed has decided to like map the island. And the whole time she she captures Saeed and she tortures Saeed. So Saeed becomes the tortured. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's asking Saeed, where is Alex? Where is Alex? At the end of the episode, the reveal is that Alex is her daughter who she
1: has lost. Sorry. Just yes. wanted to give the season a No, that's great. I mean, okay. I think when we meet Russo, the other characters on the island feel really real and grounded and they have stories in the real world and they feel like real people and then you meet Russo and honestly the whole first half of that episode, I wasn't sure if this was a dream sequence, if this was happening in an alternate universe, like what was going on and I understand that that is the point of it to some extent, like Russo is linked to the magic and the mystery of the island, but maybe that goes back to my initial thing where um, that that piece just didn't click with me when I first met her, and I think as the season goes along, you're supposed to question sort of how nuts is this person, how much of what she's saying is reality, because a lot of what she's saying is checking out, and then what what is sort of her losing her mind, um, and, I, and I just was not able to connect to either of those things by the end of the season. You know, I was excited when
2: we first meet her because this it's like finally the first sort of inkling of this being bigger, right, than just this crash. Like there's something going on here. Um, and I'll be really interested to see where her character goes in season two and beyond. Because now that we got to the end of season one, um and we've encountered other people and she kind of almost operates as like this middleman between the the tribe and the others and she's like warning them like oh you got to you know you know you got to run away you got to hide and she's offering up the baby as as uh tribute and shit like that to me I, by the end of the season she almost feels ancillary to me and it's it's so when I say least favorite character it's not that I necessarily dislike her but like by the end of the season one she's just not doing much for me I guess is is my take on Russo
0: what's interesting is the network did not want the writers to introduce Rousseau until the season finale. They thought that would be too much and giving too many answers and too many reveals too early. Isn't that hilarious from a 2023 lens that they thought we were, they were giving us too many answers too early? Uh, anyway. Well, and yeah. you can't
1: do 25 episodes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm
0: really glad that the writers won that fight because keeping Rousseau till the finale would have been ridiculous. I think it's nice mm-hmm. to bake that co- character in early so then when you need somebody to take you to the Black Rock, you can just introduce a character um and have them come in there
1: okay Um, wait let's do my favorite yeah what are your favorite oh real quick I'll just I'll throw
2: out there I think the character that I've changed my opinion on uh, would be Sawyer I think he's he is one of the most layered characters out there especially when you get to his uh backstory so uh, I definitely came around on on Sawyer. Did
0: you really hate Sawyer up front? Or, well, I was talking to Priya about that earlier, and she said something along the lines of, the second you meet Sawyer, you know he's going to have a heart of gold. And I think that's one of the 2023 lenses that, like, maybe in 2004 mm-hmm. you think, oh, nope, this is just a redneck racist. But how did you feel about Sawyer when you first met him?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I hate's a strong word. Um, but
0: i mean i hated him he was t- calling a brown man a racist it was pretty i'm oh, sorry a brown man yeah. a terrorist it was pretty easy well it's to definitely yes
2: it's i guess it hate in the sense that like yeah by 2023 lens it all feels a bit on the nose like you just you're mm. like i i didn't know he would have a heart of gold but i was like there's got to be more to this character you know than just than just this um but I mean, at first, no. It's you, you. You can't root for the guy. That is for for certain. He doesn't have any redeeming qualities through the first half of the season. The
1: hair. He has good hair. The sure. body. But. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, you already mentioned Sun, but I think the trio of Sun, Jin, and Michael are my favorite people to watch and to watch interact with each other. I think they're really interesting. I think they. Um, especially by the end of the season, feel really layered and complex to me. And the two favorite, my two favorite scenes in the finale were Sawyer and Jack talking to each other, Sawyer sharing the story of how he met Jack's dad in the bar. And that really felt like kind of a full circle coming around to, Sawyer's Redemption. Priya did text us during her
0: early watch, uh, I think during her Outlaws Watch season, the season one episode, Outlaws Sawyer's so second flashback episode. I think Sawyer's true marker of redemption will be when Sawyer tells Jack about h- meeting his dad. And then she texts me and my twin sister who have already watched it before. And we were both like, hee hee hee
1: hee we know this is going to happen. And like, and like every good uh, rugged cowboy, he did not disappoint me. <laughs> and then the second scene that I loved the most from the finale was with... Jin and Michael talking to each other on the raft and just their newfound understanding, the way they can communicate now. And I think this isn't a single character who's changed the most from the start to finish, but I think the combination of those two men and their understanding of each other and their understanding of just the complexities of life and their relationships with each other, um, I really, really like that. I like Michael a a lot. Walt is still confusing (laughs) to me, this like like demon child thing <laughs> I is, call him is, is a demon not child. my favorite.
2: Walt Walt is almost like uh, he's almost like a he's like Danny in he the Shining put, yes. to a certain he like he has he has the shining right. capability. Right.
0: Um so what do you guys think is going to happen with Walt?
2: Um <laughs> I mean it's So it's, I think I don't think he's going to die. So the
1: other thing I actually want to say, and this kind of gets back to you saying that John Locke is one of your favorite characters, I am not a fan of John Locke. And I think... It, oh, he's
2: evil, he's for sure.
1: Evil. Okay, so he's, he reads as evil. But I love so, it. So just, pa-
0: just to pause, I asked both Priya and Mike separately, what do you know about Lost before you started? Like, what had you been quote-unquote spoiled on? And I didn't tell them whether what they had heard was correct or not. But both of them individually... Told me, I know John Locke is evil, which Mm -hmm. I thought was just a very interesting observation. And if you, dear listener, have watched the whole series, I'm sure you think it's very interesting too.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he definitely, even from season one, like he gives off like evil I, traitor I really, kind of. Vibes. When I first
0: watched Lost, I thought Locke Lock was a nice old man mm-hmm. who was who very obviously really? knew he was given a gift by the island and definitely thought he was special to a point that could be malicious, right? Anyone thinking they're special could obviously use that power for bad. Yeah. But I thought he was all he always meant good every time I watched him in season. Oh, uh, see, I
2: think I think he's he's kind of nefarious in season one like he's he's up to something and yeah remember i told you i i don't know to what extent he will be evil but i i almost have this vision in my mind that we like get to to the final season and like john locke is is responsible for everything (laughs) like he is really some shit happens i don't know in in the hatch in the hatch and john locke He's he's bad news, but I love it, and I can't so wait. So what I
1: think is so interesting about Locke is that he is the quote-unquote man of faith, right, as they set up this dichotomy in the last episode, man of science, man of faith. And, and the season th- two premiere, not a spoiler, is called Man of Science, Man of Faith. Okay, great. So John Locke is our man of faith, and yet- There are several characters on the island who we have evidence have some sort of magical powers, and John Locke is actually not one of them, right? So, no, I disagree. So, he can walk now. That's fine. He doesn't know why he can walk. Like, none of, we don't, we don't know why he can walk. We don't, he has not actually seen, we haven't seen him see anything about the island. And now, these people who actually do have visions, who do have some sort of, Inkling toward this thing. So I'm talking Hurley, Walt, Claire, all three of these people. I'm very, various levels of interested in them, but they've all had actual visions about stuff happening on the island. Walt and Hurley both tell Locke, don't open the hatch. There's weird, bad shit going on down there. And he has this delusion that he believes in sort of the goodness of the island because this thing happened to him, not because he's actually seen anything or has any sort of special powers that we know of. So he strikes me as sort of delusional. And these other characters, at least so far, what we've seen is that they have actual powers. I think that's really interesting. Can you remind me, just because
0: I'm a little uh, new, I've been re-listening to a season one podcast, but I haven't re-watched the season recently. What, what magical powers has Hurley displayed. So
1: he, just the fact that he used the the power of bad luck. The, no, the just the fact that he used the numbers, he knows that the numbers are quote unquote bad. Mm-hmm. He he has heard someone prophesize essentially that using the numbers is opening the box or opening whatever. And so he Mm -hmm. has this association. The numbers are bad. He sees the numbers on the hatch and he says, don't do it. And then Locke goes out of his way to quickly light the fuse and open the hatch. And we don't know why, other than the fact that now he can walk and so he thinks everything is good. The connection is is tough for me. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, I would even say that Hurley's powers and, you know – uh, he knows about them but it obviously is like not harnessing it but the fact that bad things happen to those around him i think is is some kind of power um and granted i'm not the most well-read person on this subject but i do find it interesting even the name john locke right like the famous philosopher from the Enlightenment. there uh- no, I-
0: Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. I'm
2: sure there's a lot of purpose behind it. I didn't research it. There's a deleted
0: scene where Kate even says, so your name is John Locke, huh? And, like, point it out. But I think they deleted it because they felt like... The name John Locke is on the nose enough. We don't need to point it out to the audience.
2: Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, But going back all the way to your question that led us down this path of what do I think is going to happen to Walt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) um, I mean, it's tricky. I... I'm I'm honestly less concerned about Walt and I'm more interested to learn you know who are the people that took him like are they the others I I mean I think that's what it, all signs are pointing to I'm not necessarily convinced that those are the others and especially like you because you have this Rousseau character um and we don't you know necessarily understand her relationship to to all of this um and the fact that they're on a boat is also very intriguing because you know you're led to believe like the others are are this sort of central part of the island but the fact that they're on on a boat out on the ocean sort of on the periphery of everything sort of forcing it uh, assumingly forcing it back in you you assume They're going to take him back somewhere else on the island, and and, you know we're not quite sure where exactly Michael Jinn and and Sawyer are all off to. I'm assuming somehow they swim back, or you know, hang on to the uh, all the rubbish. But what do I think is going to happen to him? If I was willing to bet, he'll find his way back at some point. I don't know if it'll be season two. We might not see Walt for a while, or they might. They might indoctrinate him as one of, uh, one of their own. But I don't think it's the last time that we see Michael and Walt together. And I guess that's all I can say at this point.
1: Can I ask you a question, Mike? So we've got two weird kids on this show <laughs> right we've got walt and then we've got this baby aaron so why do you yeah. think aaron is weird okay because his name is aaron so, and so far no thought into naming him <laughs> so far i don't have any indication that aaron himself is weird he's done nothing bad but um you have this claire flashback scene which honestly was a really interesting flashback to me where she goes and sees this psychic, and he. Oh, I love this. Psychic. Me too. I really like that that whole storyline. And he tells her, "You cannot give your baby up for adoption. You have to raise him. He cannot be raised by another." And so there is something. And then, for all intents and purposes, as far as we know right now, this man put her on that plane so that the baby would be stranded on an island with her. So the direct quote that the what's his what's the profession prophet uh,
2: psychic psychic
0: psychic says. Medium. Medium. This child, parented by anyone else, anyone other than you, danger surrounds this baby. Your nature, your spirit, your goodness must be an influence in the development of this child. So we don't necessarily know that he needed Claire to get to the island. It seemed Hibbs more thing is it cannot be raised by another. You must be around this child.
1: No, correct. But then he gets her the ticket to go to L.A. Mm -hmm. And the, I think, assumption is that he knew she would never make it there. Yeah.
0: So, so do you think that family exists in L.A.? No. I
1: almost,
2: I almost assumed he was basically just trying to kill her. The <laughs> oh <baby>. my god! <laughs> Dark. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think. I mean, maybe he did prophesize that the plane would crash and they would survive and make it to this island. But I, I kind of just assumed like. He knew the plane was going down, and he was like, I need to get her on that plane. Do
1: you think we'll see... Because she's going to give away this baby. Do you think we'll see the baby grow up and show some sort of magic, evil, good? I will say,
0: when I was watching Lost for the first time, coming off of Game of Thrones, I was like, that baby is Azor Ahai. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's funny. Um, I do think we will see the baby grow up... Um 'Cause I also have this in you know, very slight spoiler, but I I have this vision in my mind that at some point in this show they are like legitimately like settled down and not living in a cage in a cave. Like I almost feel like there are, are there's like houses somewhere on the island or they build houses or something. I feel like at some point they have like a community and they're like actually You know, it it, it, it's almost like that they're getting to the point now of like we need to like when the plane first went down, right, it was like we need to be saved. And then people started shifting their mindset to look, help's not coming anytime soon. We need to survive here long term. But they're still sort of teetering on like surviving and uh being saved hence the raft and i think at some point people are going to start to be like we need to make a life for ourselves here on this island and even even to a certain extent abandon that dream of making it off one day
0: all right should we move on to the next question we're still in the first question (laughs) well technically it was three questions yeah so
1: And I think we've had a lot of interesting conversations. No, that's
0: why I was like, we're we're cooking with gas here. I don't want to slow it down. I will want to, before we pivot on the character change question, answer it myself, which is I think that Jin is a character that is done a great disservice to because they try and make a character change quote-unquote character development with him but I would argue what they do is just lie to you about this character and in the first half of the season show you an abusive man and the second half of the season just make him not an abusive man like he's literally yelling at Sun and in, in on the island like cover up your dress too provocatively and then like you see a flashback where Sun is wearing a strapless dress and he's fine with it like <laughs> and they just and it's fine like they're trying to pull the rug out Uh, in front of what is it pull the rug out from under you and do a reveal but it just felt like a lie to me especially from a 2019 lens i was like okay like stop making this asian man seem so abusive daniel Day kim even had a problem with it he thought that the this is a direct quote from daniel Day kim the pilot was problematic in many ways in terms of representation but they were sensitive to the issue and not just in a way that was patronizing i know that jj and damon are concerned about how the asian community sees their characters They really did help form the character based on not only what I was saying, but also what Yoon was saying. Yoon Kim, uh, who plays Sun on Lost. He later reflected that he had concerns about an early cancellation of Lost. If, for instance, we only got four to five episodes on the air and then we got canceled, the entirety of Jin's character would be what you see in the beginning. To me, that was very problematic because it represented a number of stereotypes that I had worked so hard to avoid in my career. I had a lot of faith in JJ and Damon that the show... That if the show continued, the character would grow and deepen. They had assured me of that. So it wasn't a matter of trusting them. It was just a matter of trusting if the show would be successful, which I think is really interesting that they just had to make sure people watched it so Dana Kim would be comfortable of seeing the final reveal of Jin and not thinking he's just an abusive man. It's funny that he said he had a lot of faith in JJ and Damon because after the pilot, JJ is no longer involved in Lost. Except for one episode in season three. But we'll get it. Okay, next question. That is interesting. Yeah. My friend was gonna get me a Lost poster, but it said created by JJ Abrams on it, and he was like, "I know you're not gonna put it up if it's not there," <laughs> so he didn't buy it. Okay. The next question I have for y'all is: What answer or mystery are you most intrigued by or looking forward to solving? I think Priya's answer to this might be Claire and the baby, which is also what I was most intrigued by in season one. Uh, but curious, what if there's another answer there, if something else you are also looking to get resolved yeah
2: and i know you did an instagram poll uh, on this very question and i remember like after seeing the answers on the instagram poll i was like wow all of these people are way more thoughtful than i am because (laughs) because i'm just like sitting here like who are the others like that's all i want to know is who are the others And, and everyone else you know is like what's in the hatch and uh you know I mean, that's another, that's I actually that's don't care one.
1: what's in the hatch. No.
2: What's in, what's in the hatch? Have, have you seen Seven? The, the.
1: Um, what's in the box? What's in the box? No, but. Yeah, it, yeah I mean that's yeah, a, yeah.
2: Like, every time I think of like, what's in the hatch, I just think of Seven. You know, Same, maybe, I haven't seen maybe seven. the answer I think- is that, oh, you haven't seen Seven? I was going to spoil it.
1: I know the spoiler, I already yeah. know yeah. it's a it's well, maybe head. Gwyneth
2: Paltrow's head is in the hatch. I mean, wouldn't that be great? <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, the other answers we got to the Instagram poll are also about... I think this is Priya's answer. That, that was me. What's up with Clara psyche? What did she see? Did he see Ethan? And then we also had somebody asking what's up with the numbers and where Christian Shepherd, Jack Shepherd's dad's Christian Shepherd's body ended up on the island. Because mm. if you remember, the coffin is empty when Jack encounters it.
2: I forgot about that.
0: Right? There's so yeah. many
1: mysteries. But see, that's one of the mysteries that I feel like will never be answered. I... I I just feel like there are so many tiny little threads of mystery in this season, and, like, 75% of them will just go poof into the wind and will never be answered. And that's okay. Yeah. They're trying things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say Damon uh, Lindelof, one of the creators of the show, was very much so, like, I don't want to introduce a mystery unless I have an answer to it. Like, the hatch, originally, people were, JJ was wanting to put the hatch in the pilot, uh, and Damon was like, I'm not introducing this hatch until we have an answer for it that I'm into and so the writers room progressed and they kept discussing ideas for the hatch and when they finally introduced the hatch they had an idea that damon was like okay i'm fine introducing this hatch because now i feel comfortable with that answer that we have we can still work on it we can change it if we find another answer that we're happier with but i now at least feel confident enough to introduce it into the show and that answer is what the answer ends up actually being so they didn't end up changing it past that but mystery wise damon was trying to have things buttoned up or a resolution so
2: what you're telling me is that jj abrams approaches ideas with reckless abandon and that is why <laughs> the star wars sequels were such a shit show
0: you said it not me okay, a shocker fair by- fine i'll <laughs> i'll take credit for that okay final question before we get into theories what death in season one
1: shocked you or surprised you the most oh and i
0: have an answer to that if you want me to go first there
1: are a surprisingly few number of deaths i think for a show which strands 40 plus people on a deserted island um that's my one qualm with the show. Not enough you want survival. More dying? No, not not more death. But like, what are these people eating? We have no idea. it's not even like they don't even try. And I think as a as a big Survivor fan, <laughs> I need to know, are they eating bugs? We know that they're no longer hunting boar. Mm-hmm. What's happening? I
0: would argue though, as somebody who watches Yellow Jackets and mm-hmm. Yellow Jackets is very much concerned with what these people are eating, mm-hmm. uh, that I prefer I prefer the show when it's the stakes are not how are we surviving what are we eating where are we sleeping like I'd rather them deal with the mystery and the others and whatever the fuck is going on than have an episode dedicated towards finding food you know and I'm glad they get off of it and we're kind of yada yadaing how so
2: they're eating. death wise in terms of I guess notable deaths right we have I mean I, you could argue whether it's or not it's notable but we have the woman that drowns Joanna Joanna. We have Boone. We have the Marshall. We mm-hmm. have uh, the dynamite guy. Arts.
0: Um, Leslie Arts, named after Damon Lindelof's high school chemistry teacher who had it out for him. Wow. So he made an unlikable character okay. to blow up. Also, fun fact sorry. When they were premiering the finale, they showed a bunch of flashes of characters and said one of these characters will die. And in the flash, they had arts, <laughs> and like obviously it's arts. In this, yeah, but
1: I just love classic two thousand four ABC promo. And then yeah. Steve or Scott, one of them is also killed dead. by Ethan.
2: Yeah, in, I will say, and Ethan's dead. So,
1: Anything's dad. My death that intrigued me the most was the Marshall, mainly
0: because it was like, here you have this guy that's dying, and the question is, like, will he live or will he die? And right off the bat, they're like, no, the show is going to be so much more complicated than that. He's going to be almost mercy killed, and then it's going to be done really badly, to the fact that Jack needs to come in and he gets put into his own t- turmoil fate because he has to kill this man now. And I just feel like it starts off the bang, like, yeah. really loud and interesting. Also, if he stays alive, like, Kate's story is completely yeah. twisted. Yeah, and, and so, so
2: I was also going to say the Marshall purely for the Kate aspect of it. I mean, you have a guy that is on his deathbed, and all he cares about is her. All he mm-hmm. cares about is, like, stopping her and and warning Jack about her. Um, that one felt like it had the most the most stakes attached to Mm -hmm. it, I guess, because at that point we're still discovering who Kate is. Right. I mean, the other deaths, I don't know. I wasn't too, I wasn't too moved by Boone. I'm sorry. I just, my,
1: my, my answer is Boone justice for Boone. Boone spent his whole life following Shannon around and then just switched to following John Locke around (laughs) and then died. And, like us, Boone has yet to see any character development for Shannon. And so <laughs> yeah. for that, too, I feel sad. I will say, so, I
2: think it's, with a 2023 lens, I, I do think it's, like, very apparent when people are not going to die. Like, you could have spotted a mile away that that Charlie and Claire were not going to die, you know.
1: Best CPR I've
0: ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Priya is a doctor, by the way, so she can weigh in on this conversation did John Locke kill Boone? No. What, what, Mike, what do you think first? Sorry. So the the argument is, right, John Locke just drops off Boone and dips after Boone falls off. Uh, he, Boone goes into the uh, the plane that has crashed on the island. He says, Mayday, Mayday, we are the survivors of the Oceanic Flight 815. He hears back on the radio, we are the survivors of Oceanic 15. Ooh, what's that about? Uh, and then the plane falls on, and he starts losing a lot of blood. Locke brings him to Jack while he's bleeding out and then basically dips. So Locke is not there to consult on what exactly happened. He tells Jack he fell from a cliff. He does not tell Jack that the plane fell on him. And Jack's basic argument is, had I known that something had hit his leg and not that he had fallen, I would have done different treatment and Boone might still be alive. Yeah.
1: I mean... Dr. Marate. I mean... I mean, what? He would have cut off his leg right away? I don't... I think you can have a crush injury and compartment syndrome whether – I agree it's more likely if something falls on you, but I think you can have a crush injury even if you just break your leg. And so I think that this is Jack being overly emotional and prescriptive and a man of rules um, rather than really being rational.
2: Yeah. I mean it's, it's lost, right? So it is – tough to take things just on the face and not think that there's something deeper at play so I do think it's a great question of whether or not he was murdered by John Locke because obviously like I've said Locke himself is nefarious he's up to something he doesn't want everybody to discover the plane so it's honestly I think the the argument is a bit of semantics it's like even if he didn't intentionally murder him, which I do think is possible, you could argue he is he is responsible for his yeah, death for the actions um, that they took. So in, in Jack's eyes, it, it probably doesn't even really matter if he was like murdered, murdered, like whether or not this was premeditated, I guess, doesn't necessarily matter in this case. Right.
1: Well, it wasn't premeditated, but I think what's more interesting... Could have been. It's lost. It could have been. But I think what's (laughs) more interesting than did he die because Locke wasn't there to explain how he fell, I, I don't think that really holds any scientific truth. But what I think is interesting is did Boone die because he was enamored by Locke and gooped up by Locke and kind of had this trip because of Locke and followed him around and would have done anything he asked. And then as Locke says later, which I thought was really creepy, Boone was a sacrifice that the island demanded. I thought that was quite messed up.
0: That was really messed up. I will say Boone is in that plane saying mayday, mayday. Like he's trying to get help to get off of the island and Locke is saying get out of the plane, get out of the plane, mainly because Locke, I think as we can all agree, It's not really an interest in getting off of the island. Yes. And so, in that sense, what Boone is doing at the time that the plane falls and he dies is not in Locke's mission statement.
1: Sure, but when Locke is saying that to Boone, I don't... My instinct was not, oh, he's saying get out of the plane because he doesn't want him calling for help. I think you know, the plane was starting to teeter, and my yeah instinct well, I think was... Th- and I that.
2: think that's what they want you to believe that's how they they play it off because it's this you know situation this dangerous situation and and that's his friend and he's like you know trying to warn him to get out And, and until we've really had this conversation I didn't even ponder I guess the alternative of Locke wanting to get him out of the plane because he's calling for help but if we think all the way back Locke is the one that bashed in the head when he was on the radio so um yeah it's quite possible i think but it's also it's it's so interesting too how they all think like he was the one that burned the raft and then it was and then it turns out it's walt like that that was a great is, twist
0: that's my favorite one of my favorite that was
2: really one good deals. yeah
0: and because also at the end of the day, as an adult, I'm like, Walt, oh my God, why the fuck did you do that? But when you look at this little kid that's just like, I don't want to move. I'm happy here. Like, it reminds me, Mike, did you watch The Last of Us?
2: No. Wait, wait, oh, okay. wait, what? There's-
0: the Last of Us. No, the I, rooms yeah, in I Good did Paso. watch that.
2: I don't. When, okay. when you said that, my first thought was, this is us. And I was like, no, I do not watch <laughs> this is us.
0: Um, in The Last of Us, there's a very sweet moment between two kids where Ellie mixes her blood in with a young other kids' blood thinking it'll save him. And it's just that like raw innocence of like, Oh you dumb kid, why are you burning this raft? But also you feel for them so hard because like you're just trying to like get your sense of normalcy and you think this will help and the fact that you think this will help is so unbelievably sweet and sad. Poor Walt. He's (laughs) just happy there. Yeah he doesn't want to (laughs) leave Let's get into the fun theory section. Again, I'm not, I'll comment on theories I knew I had in season one, but I will not influence any of these segments. I just want to know what Mike and Priya are thinking about some of these open mysteries that we have. So let's start with the mystery of the others and basically what's going on there. Something that Priya texted me while she was watching Lo- season one of Lost is I think the others are trying to start a new colony or civilization, which is why he stole Claire since she's pregnant. I can't decide if the prophetic guy who's the, um, psychic, psychic uh, knew that somebody would try and steal her or just wanted her to – or just wanted to have her plane crash soon so she'd be forced to raise the baby herself. Thoughts, Mike? Do you concur?
1: Priya, do you still think this is the case? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there is an interesting question as to why they want kids, right? We think that they took Rousseau's kid. We thought for a second that they wanted the baby. They may or may not still want the baby – Ethan wanted Claire, so I think Ethan wanted the baby. And then they came and took Walt. So there's something about children. And I – my mind immediately goes to, okay, well, these are, like, malleable minds that can be raised to be, like
2: – It's like Jonestown. Either, like
1: Yeah, yeah. like Or, like, your little child soldiers or at least um, sort of brainwashed into the way of joining the others.
2: Yeah, I mean, so – Remind me approximately what is what what is the year or the the even the century that the the Black Rock the ship is supposed to have crashed there? It's a pretty old ship, right?
0: I don't know
1: what you know.
0: Um,
2: so
1: is, I know the answer based
2: what season one what, has led us to believe. I can't remember. Well,
1: what we see on the ship are slaves, right? It's a slaving ship. Oh, okay. Um so i would guess like the
2: 1800s yeah probably more maybe even the 1700s yeah. okay yeah no i thought okay i thought it was pretty old i mean it's it's tough right because it's like we're led to believe that people have been on this island for a, a very long time and even like hurley's numbers right and the guy uh that hurley the dead guy i think it hurley talks to his wife but like he heard those numbers right when he was in the military on a distress call. It, it's almost like you get the sense that somehow people are being almost like recruited to this island in a way um unknowingly uh and that's why i think john locke is recruiting them and and somehow crashed the plane um <laughs> so yeah no i do think somehow that is plausible that i i don't know if they're trying to start a new civilization or or if this is there's some magic with this island and it's and it's been this community that has been there now for hundreds of years and it is more of like a sustenance thing that they're trying to keep this going and they need to bring in new people um i don't know but it gives me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it's like you hear it's like those like tribes and villages like in the in the uh amazon that you hear of that like have never seen an outsider for like a hundred years and then a drone flies in there (laughs) and they shoot it down um
0: all right you want me to ask the next question
2: yeah because i'm rambling
0: all right next question what do you guys think kate did
2: More like, what didn't she do? I
1: mean,
2: <laughs> what a deviant Kate is. Um, um,
1: is it rude to say that I'm not that interested in what Kate did? I think that yeah, it's
2: almost like at this point it doesn't even matter.
1: It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's sort of similar to Sawyer in that fundamentally, I think even more so than Sawyer, fundamentally, we know she's a good person. The show has gone out of its way to show us that. So, and the Marshall is like an ultimate a hole yeah. in the <laughs> season finale, especially so. Um, that mystery is not so interesting to me, actually.
0: I feel that. I think that, uh, a lot of these things that they dangle in front of you are not always, uh, Mm -hmm. that intriguing. For example, I asked Priya this question earlier and she was like, I don't even know what that is, which is, what is the Tampa job? The Tampa job is something that's referenced in Sawyer flashbacks, uh, as something that kind of haunts him. Mike, do you have any idea on what this Tampa job could be? We already know what haunts Sawyer the most is. This con. That, it's Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> the you know
2: what? Sawyer. My default to everything is that it's going to be... It's island recruitment. That's the Tampa <laughs> job. It's island recruitment. <laughs> Sawyer's in on it too. Him and John Locke.
0: Um, How do you think John Locke ended up in a wheelchair? One of the big character backstory mysteries.
1: This is actually an interesting one.
2: Again, remind me. Do they... They never really – do they establish at what age he got into a wheelchair?
1: Yes. When he is trying to go on the walkabout in Australia, he says, I've been in a wheelchair for four years. Okay, And then when you see him, when he gave his dad his kidney, he's not in a wheelchair.
2: Yes. I mean, I – okay – this is all coming back to me. You have to forgive me because I watched Lost Season 1 like over a month ago, and then <laughs> Shruti's like, you can't watch Season 2 until we record this podcast. Um, oh, I
1: remember. She's yeah. so
2: mean. Sorry. You
0: trust me. You, this is the ultimate way to enjoy I I, this is, well-
2: I assumed that it was a complication with the kidney transplant. But, I mean, I
0: think they're trying to fake you out. But
2: hardcore. knowing that it's Lost, it's obviously, again, something bigger – I don't know how or what, but I think somehow it's going to relate back to another character on the island. Somehow maybe their paths crossed and they didn't know it. Maybe he got into a car accident with somebody else on the island and didn't know it was that person. But somebody else is going to be, I think... Involved with his backstory, some because we're already starting to see that of like Sawyer meeting Jack's dad. Like there are paths have been crossed.
1: I am really enjoying those connections. Even the scene in the the scenes in the finale at the airport, just seeing characters in the background of other characters' memories Mm -hmm. is really fun. That's one of my favorite parts of the show. What do you
0: guys think the monster
1: is?
2: So right, it's been described sort of as like the island's defense system, right? Um And I think, you know, what we're, we're sort of led to believe is that it might be sort of this supernatural phenomenon and, and there's something magical about this island. Um, but given what we know of the background of other people that have landed there, particularly russo and her scientific crew, I almost feel like there's something more scientific or, or mechanical in in its nature, in its background, that it is actually maybe something that is, that is man-made.
1: Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. In season one, was there anything that indicated to you that time was funny or weird on the island? Because that's something else that I thought going into the show, that time works differently on the island, but... I didn't see any evidence of that in season one, and there are places where, like Claire says, it's her birthday. There's different times when people seem to be counting days. It's normally. a
2: really interesting question. I, I I don't think I ever really pondered that while I was while I was viewing. Um,
0: That's not something that crossed my mind in season one. Is not it, a, Sure. Great. Yeah. I
2: mean, I I definitely like if you ask me how much time do you think has passed since they've landed there. I don't. I don't know if I could give you an answer, to be honest. I think
0: the funnest fact, I know that's not a word, but the best, most exciting thing that happens in Lost is it came out in 2004, and a frequent phrase uttered in Lost after they crashed on the island is, when the Sox won the series. That episode that aired, when the Sox won the series, was right before the Red Sox broke the... 86-year well, curse. Well, was the 86-year curse, and finally did win the world series so well do you think that they will find out on the island do you think jack will find out that the red sox have won the world series i don't you know, think they get news it's
2: almost like in parks and rec when season seven they predict the chicago cubs winning the world series both bef- like the year before
0: Oh, okay, they... They... but i just think I it's know. so funny that they literally put that into the text of the... it's critical. It's the way Sawyer finds out that Jack is Christian Shepard's son. Yeah. And that's the year that the Red Sox won the series. It's just fun. No, no, it definitely,
2: it definitely is. And I mean, I guess on somewhat related to time, I have this theory or this distant memory of of watching Lost as a kid, but I, I just have this idea in my mind that somehow in the end either this whole thing has been imaginary or a dream or somehow perhaps they return to their normal lives and have no recollection of of what happened in mm, in that a sense like amnesia amnesia but also like
0: Claire already had amnesia so I, it's I, present on this island
2: I almost feel like maybe time in the world around them has stopped like i almost I feel like know. they get off the island and they go back to real life and it's like the next day and it's like they're arriving in la like after their flight took off from sydney and i'm getting chills just just saying <laughs> it
0: mike just rewrite Lost right now <sighs> you got the apparently i um, should all right we're a little tight on time now so do y'all have any last minute theories or should we wrap things up
2: well, I I can't do anymore. I have the chills.
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey team cutting in here with a quick spoiler section on season one of lost before we end the podcast completely with mike and priya um i want my friend gabe here who has watched all of lost when it originally aired rewatched it and has claimed that season one is his favorite season of lost to come on and kind of talk about the thoughts and theories that priya and mike had as first time watchers and what we think of it as uh you know people who have seen the show before so gabe first of all thank you for joining us how are you feeling thank you
3: for having me i first want to say I did not watch when it originally came out. I'm not that cool. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, I watched the first time in 2014. And sorry, I don't have a voice today. Why
0: don't you have a voice? Do you want to tell the group?
3: I was at the Steeler game last night. Go Steelers. Congratulations. One and one.
0: Uh, really quick before we get into Mike and Priya's theories, do you want to talk a little bit about why you used to think season one of Lost was your favorite season? Uh, I think
3: I just really love the mystery uh, of are they going to get off this island? Are they not going to get off this island? Um, I think that, at the beginning, like, just seemed like such a big deal. But as you got further into the show, it really wasn't a big deal. Um,
0: I'm curious that you watched it in 2014 and felt, are they going to get off this island, is a big miss. Like, when I watched it in 2019, that was never a question for Oh, I guess I was a little bit spoiled. I... Uh, At Syracuse University, a professor made me watch a recap video of the first four seasons of Lost, so I knew they do at one point get off the island, but I never cared, because you know it's a six-season show, so getting off the island never felt like... An issue to me, but in 2014 it felt like an issue for you? Well,
3: I just felt that was the main issue and where else would it go? I thought everybody just wanted to get off the island and it became a way different show than what I was expecting. I had no idea what the show was when I watched it.
0: I can't remember which writer it was, if it was Damon or Carlton or even J.J. at the original conception, but one of the writers was saying these people should be building a raft, like obviously they would be building a raft because they would want to get off the island, and another creator was like they can't build a raft because they can't get off the island, so... Interesting that both uh, both things ended up coming true. But let's get into uh, Mike and Priya's thoughts and our thoughts on their thoughts. Uh, one thing that I thought was really funny is that they have genuinely no interest in figuring out what Kate did. They feel like Kate is obviously a good person, and, and what she did was definitely probably not that bad, even though when she goes to visit her mom, she's horrified to see her daughter uh, there creeping into the hospital. When you originally watched Season of Final Lost, did you care about what Kate did?
3: Yeah, I absolutely did. Um, I also didn't – I think it's interesting that they automatically see Kate as a good character. Um,
0: I mean, the flashbacks you see, right? Uh, the first flashback is, like, the guy turning her in in Australia, the guy with one arm and her saying, I want to make sure that he still gets the reward money because he has one hell of a pension. Like, sticking up for the guy that turned her in, She, they're, like, trying to paint her like, she is a good person at the end yeah,
3: of the day. Yeah, I just I, – I cared because, I mean, like – I also don't think what she, I mean, what she did was bad, but like, that's not the reason why I don't think Kate is a good person. Uh, I think she's not a good person for a lot of other reasons that you see on the island. And
0: uh, why don't you think Kate is a good person? Uh,
3: I think she uses people. Uh, I think she's kind of annoying. Uh,
0: okay, I'm I'm a Kate stan. I I do think she uses people, but I say I think go I think off. she's
3: a useless character <laughs> from like season four onwards where she could have have been killed off in at the end of season three and I don't think anything would have changed with the story who
0: would raise Aaron
3: I think they could have written around that like obviously she did that some stuff after
0: but... season four she gets actually a lot more interesting because she's not stuck in this Jack Sawyer love triangle and can actually have her own story I just um, feel like
3: her story was not interesting to me at that but That might
0: be it. Well, let's get off of that. We can talk about that when we get to season four. Um, Also, just funny thing is I asked uh, Mike and Priya what they thought of what the Tampa job would be, which is alluded to in Sawyer's flashbacks. And fun fact, you never find out. They'll never find out. They obviously don't care at all. Uh, The Tampa job flashback was filmed uh, for an early season two Sawyer flashback episode. However... Uh, They ended up switching it with a Michael flashback. And so we will never get to see what actually happened at the time. We didn't find out about the telepathy.
3: That changes my opinion on the show. That's just another mystery. That's one too many for me. They didn't answer.
0: (laughs) How do you feel about Rousseau? It seems like Priya and Mike both feel like she's an ancillary character and not that interesting. We've had some other people write in telling us that they were frustrated by her when she was originally introduced. I loved Rousseau. Upon introduction, I think she's such an intriguing character because, you know, you have this group of the others and you have the group of our losties. But now it's adding a third dynamic of a third uh, potential ally or potential enemy. So I thought she was interesting from the get go. How did you feel about her?
3: Uh, Yeah, I didn't think she was so ancillary. Uh, I didn't That's know...
0: literally what Mike said. He used the word ancillary.
3: I didn't know you guys used big words like that on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I liked Russo a lot. I, I mean, what did she do like? Uh, I think it's super interesting like the I'm trying to think the moment you meet her but you don't meet her yet when you hear the radio call and that radio call that they hear where it's just like it's been 15 years or whatever like yeah what the hell I think that's super interesting and like Russo in general and then the stuff when it comes out later that she's Alex's mom like I know we haven't gotten there, so she's not that interesting of a character yet, and you're still like, "What is it?" But even on the mystery, well, alone you know at
1: this been, point
0: that she's a mother of somebody who has been taken from her off the island. But I agree with you on that that that's the, the signal thing about repeating, yeah, that's huge. That's the French huge. the French woman's signal repeating at the end of the pilot. Um, and be- them being like, it's been going on for 16 years. I almost started crying. I was, I re- clearly remember watching that alone in my bedroom after graduation. My twin sister, who shares a bedroom with me, was not home, so it was all alone, and I genuinely got terrified and started crying. Because how can you
3: say that? Uh, the mystery on if they're going to get off this island or not is not a huge mystery when that's how they end the pilot with like, oh, a woman's been here for 16 years and hasn't been able to get off the island.
0: So they're for me, going. I was just like, they're not going to get off the island, except okay, fair. I knew that. But like it that was never the plot to me, which is actually another interesting thing to bring up, especially in this Yellow Jackets era. Right. Mike said he has a memory that's at some point in the show. They live in houses. I think he's seen like season five. So he's seen Dharmaville and he knows it exists. It is interesting to me that at the end of the day, surviving on the island is not critical. Like, if you're looking at a show like Yellow Jackets, where – spoilers for Yellow Jackets, but people are literally eating each other in order to get sustenance and survive. On Lost, it is a hiccup a couple times in season one, but – they have so much higher stakes of like there are other creepy mystery mysterious things in this jungle trying to kill us that basic things like food and water and sustenance doesn't carry uh, plot stakes beyond I would say like season one episode 10 and I like it for that I don't want to watch people scavenge to try and survive I'd much rather than focus on the mystery
3: so you don't want to continue watching survivor season 13 with me
0: <laughs> no i will okay. but that's a different show you know okay. i watched survivor I for survivor and lost for mystery
3: um no that's a fair point point. and in lost food literally falls from the sky it's not yeah. it falls in the sky um yeah i didn't think about that uh and it kind of explains like no one on the show is really that dirty uh
0: yeah they find a shower within a season <laughs> yeah but um, they don't tell anyone else about it only the people in the in group get to take showers <laughs> All right, let's get into the biggest topic of discussion from Priya and Mike's theories, which is that they both think Locke is a villain. Gabe, what do you think about Mike's theory that Locke brought everyone to the island? When I originally watched this show, I thought Locke was a
3: villain. Uh, I remember being confused about it. Uh, I don't know if it was because, like, I saw marketing when I was young, and I didn't watch the show, and it was just ingrained into me or what it was, but, like, Um, my mom actually just started the show recently, and she thought Locke was a villain, and she was confused when the Walkabout episode happened. She was like, oh, I thought he would be military and all this stuff. Like, (laughs) he definitely does have a vibe that he's going to be a bad guy. um,
0: I don't see, I don't get that at all. I genuinely always felt like he was a nice old man.
3: I mean, but also think about, he is a bad guy from, think about him from Jack's perspective. In the span of 90 days, or 99 days, up until the freighter came. Uh, it's less 90 had, days. It's, well, how many days was it?
0: That the, the freighter comes to that? It, this is just a month in, the season one finale. They're not on the island, oh, actually, no, 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 for that no. long.
3: I thought we were doing the spoiler section, though.
0: No, no, I know. But I'm saying even by the time the freighter gets to I think it's the some days. Hold on, let me check. The season three finale it takes place on day 90 on the island. Okay, you're right.
3: Hell yeah. So, I mean, think about Jack's perspective. We have the perspective of Locke being, like, actual connection with the island, um, and we're seeing that connection, and we're believing it as the audience, but, like, think about Jack as a normal guy. He doesn't know about Locke walking around when he was in a wheelchair before. Locke's murdered, like, three people. He's okay, blown he, every Priya opportunity. says he did not murder
0: Boone, but we can talk about that later.
3: Uh, he blew every opportunity to get off the island as soon as, like, he blew up the sub. He okay, no, no,
0: no, but let's keep, I understand me, that oh, you can talk back. spoilers, but let's try and keep this to season one. At Sorry. season one. The one thing I'll say I just
3: say think it goes is- back to lockdown. He, he he seems like a bad guy because I think from a perspective, he is a bad guy. Uh, and, like, he just seems like that kind of guy. He seems like he would be a hard ass, but he's not that
0: person. We got a listener from an email named Randy who wrote a very detailed and interesting email about Locke and his relationship to Backgammon and how that makes him the ultimate thinker and, and- – conniver of the game that is lost but something really interesting that I just pulled from his email is that he said that his tragic turn was slowly losing sight of his responsibility to those around him as he became enslaved to some imaginary drumbeat towards his destiny and I really think that is just the most dangerous thing about Locke is he believes too hard and he's so sure that certain things are his destiny that he will just At some point, blow up a hatch, even if Hurley's telling him not to. And at some point, not turn and put in the numbers, even when Desmond is telling him to. Uh, But he believes so hard. And you can't really, at the end of the day, be that upset with somebody for just believing. And I think that goes hand in hand
3: with, like, Boone's death being Locke's fault. He pushed Boone too far, but even not thinking about that. He pushed Boone too far, but he also lied to Jack to protect the hatch cuz he was so fascinated with the hatch he lied about how it actually happened so he could get his end is the the island and everything was his goal and i think that it's a good comment from Randy and he's right and like uh he was blinded by this drive and it's also way spoilers what killed him um the guy
0: yeah his final thoughts were confused. what did i do wrong um,
3: he was a confused man. Uh, but, yeah, I think Randy's right, and I think he also did have something to do with Boone's death. All
0: right, Gabe, thank you for breaking down all of these season one spoilers for me. Anything uh, that you want to comment on on Lost or season one spoilers before we uh, officially end the podcast?
3: Um, Yeah. Uh, I'm really jealous that they get to watch Lost for the first time and experience it. Uh, I think... I'm really curious to hear their thoughts on each season, um, and especially like around the end of season three, beginning of season four, Mark. Um, And I would really, I thought Lost was most interesting in its beginning uh, seasons during my first watch, and it took two, three watches for me to really appreciate season four, five, and six. And so, um, I'm curious to hear their thoughts on uh the one season one two and three versus four five six because i feel like they're completely different shows and also are you guys watching Do on you, a weekly basis or is it just a bit
0: we're gonna talk to i'm gonna get them on the schedule because originally it was just gonna be me and mike and a guest but priya's really into it so we're gonna figure out because um, it's but.
3: also i think it's a show where a weekly basis can get kind of annoying where some episodes don't really answer anything, and then you're, or nope, you um, watch an episode and it leaves on a cliffhanger and they're not going to answer it for three episodes. And,
0: but that's the best. You're thing. absolutely
3: right. It's good for a lot of reasons, I love but I pain. think that's the reason why people hated it at the time and why I feel like it gets so much love on rewatches because you don't have to deal with questions and being annoyed because you have to wait. Um, it leads to just good television.
0: All right. Well, they're not going to be watching one episode a week, but they'll be, it'll be in the middle of a binge slash not-too-many-episodes-at-once format because I want them to wait and, like, theorize and sit with episodes and think and, and process. So I will force them... I made Mike wait a month to figure out what's in the hatch, and I'll make him wait longer if it makes good podcast You're absolutely
3: right. I think for 99.9% of shows, it's best to wait week to week. But I think loss is a unique show where you could get really pissed off at it and not appreciate as much as you should because it gets annoying because they wait.
0: I I definitely think forcing people to watch week to week is a high – increases the likelihood that they just stop watching however because of this podcast they're not allowed to stop watching so i can just make them but it's watch also slower. not
3: about just getting through it it's about recognizing it as one of the greatest tv shows of all time because it is
0: all right let's leave it at that thank you so much for joining us
1: My closing thought is just that I know Mike had to wait a month uh, after (laughs) ending season one. I watched season one finale today on the train and I... Think that I'm gonna go watch season two episode one. Will you
0: come back on right the podcast to theorize about season I two I would of this? love Ooh. to. Okay, so we'll get you and Mike on a schedule together. If you have never seen Lost before, please start watching it. I mean, I hope you haven't listened to this whole podcast on season one spoilers, uh, <laughs> but uh, I really, if you're if you're looking for a rewatch, watch along with us. I've been having so much fun diving back into the island. Uh, once we have more exact dates on exactly. When this I kind of forced priya to speed watch the last nine episodes of lost in the last week because I was like you need to come on the podcast uh but we'll find a schedule that works for her that works for Mike and that works for you and let you know when we will be recording season two maybe we'll split up maybe we'll we'll you know I'm thinking maybe for the 22 episode seasons we do a halfway point mm-hmm, pod. That would be fun after mm. season four season four is the writer strike season and then they get shorter and I think we can take them all. But I well we can talk all about that later. Uh, thank you so much for joining
1: us, Priya. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet and hear more of your lost thoughts? Sure. I've not been very active on the internet lately. Uh, my favorite social media app is Goodreads, and you can find me there at Priya Morante. Let me know what you're reading.
2: When you when you said lost thoughts, it made me think of uh, Creed thoughts. So instead of instead of pitching, in you know, I get <laughs> I get Creed vibes from John Locke <laughs> in a certain sense. So instead of pitching my own personal search social medias. I'm going to just tell you to go to www.creethoughts.gov backslash
0: creethoughts. I think it's backslash www.creethoughts. <laughs> yeah, There's a it's second www absurd. on that URL. I know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there is. And it's just a word doc. A
1: game I encourage everyone to play if you're watching Lost for the first time. Count the number of times someone says you seem lost or <laughs> are you lost? it's really fun. <laughs>
0: um, and my name my letter bo- sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your name is Shruti. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoy doing that. And tweet us, uh, how many lost mentions you catch up on. You can find my Twitter. I'm at micromarate. My letterbox is at Shruti Marate. If you want to follow me there, I don't know my Goodreads. I think it's also micromarate. Uh, and then you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, on Letterboxd. on all three. We are at Chaos on the Set. And if you want to send us your lost thoughts via email, we also have a Gmail. It's Chaos on the Set Pod Pod at Gmail Everything lowercase. Uh, and
1: we hope to hear from you soon. Stay lost.